Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to Death by Pod. It's our little horror show where all we do is talk about horror films. My name is Matt Hudson, and joining me, as ever, is a dame of pain herself. It's Bloggy Balboa. Elizabeth, how the hell are you? I'm good. I've just got out the bath. I'm not going to tell you what happened. The door's shut. I didn't know what was going on. Weird music started. Yeah, some really heavy metal started, and now I'm seeing a psychiatrist. But other than that, I'm fine. How about you? I'm doing quite well, my friend. I've got a, a Coca-Cola. We were just saying off air how we both could really just clack in for a cold beer, like a massive like keg of it. But, <laughs> um, a carbonated soft drink with vegetable extracts will have to do me. But yeah, I'm good. Uh, as we do on Death by Pod, what on earth have you eaten today? What have you had for dinner? Oh, well, seeing as it is, oddly enough, we're doing this recording on a Friday, which doesn't usually happen, does it? We, oh, like, yeah. to, we like to reserve our Fridays for other things, but um, we have fish and chips, takeaway Friday. Chippy dinner? Yeah, you can't get decent fish and chips in London, though, hey? Like, what's up with that? Um, I haven't been to where the neck of the woods where you you reside for about eight years now, so I don't remember, but I'm going to take your... You can get decent kebabs. But I'm going to take your word for it on the chippies. Yeah, I mean, in other places that I've lived in, well, in the last place I lived, you couldn't get decent fish and chips. Still not managed to get one. So it was nice, but it just wasn't as nice as I would have liked it to have been. And my, my Durkin was a bit funny. You know when they send you a funny Durkin? <laughs> yeah. I, well, I, don't, I usually um, discard that upon sight. But, um, I don't know. I the further you move from your roots, the further you stray, then obviously the worse the chippies get. So... Maybe that's just the the fish and chips telling you something about your life. Maybe so. Maybe my life is as disappointing as the fish and chips in London. What did you eat? What did I eat? I had a knockoff, you know, a Zinger Tower Burger at KFC. Yeah. I went to Aldi what? instead. What? And they've got, um, in the frozen section, they've got these big bastards, like flaming up thigh burger things. Awesome. Thigh Tuck it in a bun. They, it was like, it's exactly the same. It's basically exactly the same. Even like the same like weird batter stuff or whatever is crust, um, bun, salad, mayonnaise, cheese, bosh, all over that. Um, so yeah, I've been on a health kick recently, and tonight I had that. Really, you've been at what? So what have you been eating? Like salads and stuff. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but just not eating so much shit. Oh, shite. okay. Um, more fruits, more. Um, good stuff and cutting out the rubbish but i do actually have a cinnamon bun in the fridge waiting for me yeah it was friday copy whack for a burger you can't spell friday without a i was gonna say fried (laughs) (laughs) you say you go along with that mate carry on (laughs) so for those new to the show this is it this is all we're gonna get for the next hour or so it's just me and bloggy talking about our food and like day puns um now what we do on this show for those who are new we take one horror film per episode and we dissect it in a fun interesting yet still analytical way uh, whether we like it or not so this uh, month this week this month this fortnight this episode <laughs> blog and all what the hell are we talking about this time we are talking about the entity <laughs> we've been looking forward to this haven't you bloggy oh uh, i've been i've been waiting for this moment any excuse to watch the entity i suppose it's di- it's directed by someone called sydney j fury <laughs> i'm sure that name will come back to haunt us later <laughs> it was released on september 30th 1982 it stars barbara hershey as carla moran ron silver as dr phil snyderman David Labiosa as Phil Moran, 
George Coe as Dr. Weber, Margaret Bly as Cindy Nash, and Alex Rocco as Rocco. Didn't really think much of his name, did I? <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, um, how well did it do in the world before we discuss it? Uh, well, Rotten Tomatoes have given it a very good score, I think, of 64%. Metacritic score was 35, um, which indicates generally unfavourable reviews, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I can I can understand that. So before we get into the synopsis and the actual uh, hoopla of talking about this film, spoilers, 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 we dive into every aspect of the film for better or worse, every plot point, every aspect. So if you haven't seen The Entity from 1982, this is your spoiler warning. It's about, uh, unfortunately, it's about two hours, five minutes long. So go and watch that. <laughs> get your thoughts together. Uh, and then come back and listen to what me and Bloggy have to say about it and see whether you agree. So, I did mention Bloggy's famous synopsis, so what the hell is it all about? I would just like to point out quickly that Alex Rocco actually plays Jerry Anderson. Uh, whoever did the notes clearly didn't do a very good job. <laughs> of course, yes. I remember doing it now because I was like, well, who plays Jerry? <laughs> I was like, he's, he's kind of in a little bit. And uh, Alex Rocco, right, we'll put him down. He's in The Godfather as well. We'll put that down. Yeah, he's, he's this is it. So I was I was watching it and I was like, is that Mo Green? It is, Godfather? yeah. And now he's, he's <laughs> Jerry Rocco, what his name is, in The Entity. Brilliant. Well, just to, just be, just in case anyone like tweeted in and was like, just, well, actually, I think you'll find mistakes. Mistakes yeah. are made on this show. Yeah. We, we, we ride out, we flex it. Yeah, we we style it out. No one will ever notice. So I guess you want to know what the entity's about. Oh, yes. Well, it's about a lovely lady who's a single mum, and she's called Carla Moran, and she starts to suddenly get raped by ghosts, it's as, as sudden as rape can be. And she sees a psychologist who suspects that she's suffering from, like, masturbation fantasies and hysteria, and then he accuses her of having sexual desires for her older son, but eventually some parapsychologists come in and they find out that it is absolutely a paranormal phenomena and not just the the sort of like repressed sexual desires of the woman on the edge. And that's the entity. Sounds like a hoot, doesn't it? It's... <laughs> <laughs> Sounds awesome. Um, right, so this is it now. This is where we discuss the film, the positives, the negatives, but we always start off with whether we liked it or not. Why bother leaving that to the end when we're going to tell you straight away uh, with our thoughts. So, Bloggy, The Entity, this is your, your decision this week. Did you like this film? Are you a fan of The Entity, straight up? No, I don't think I am. There are some scary bits, but it's just mental, isn't it? Yeah. It's just absolutely insane. Yes, I wasn't a fan either, which uh, when we get into our social comment section later on, I think this is the first time we've ever been at odds with our listeners. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I watched it. Uh, you watched it last night with The Beard to be Feared, and I watched it the night before, were not with The Beard to be Feared, sadly. And because I'd, I'd seen it once before, but this is like years ago. And Bloggy was dead excited to talk about this. I was like, all right, let's see what all the fuss is about again. And I, I was like, this is. Uh, this is just naff. I think it's the, best, the only thing I can think about it, given such a heavy subject, because it is. It's no. I mean, we we can laugh and joke about it, but it's based on a book, and the subject matter is fairly is it's heavy. You know, it's big, but the film just ah, oh, 
it's just everything around it is just a bit poo i think yeah yeah and it and it's way too long as well oh, God, like, yeah. I, I, I when you said oh it's, oh it's on for two hours so i'm gonna I'm going to start at seven o'clock. And I was like, two fucking hours. Yes. Thanks. A woman getting raped by a ghost. (laughs) I know. With like plasticine boobies. Oh, yeah. God, the boobs. We'll have to to shelve that one because I've got a lot to say about it. I've put it up on the shelf. There we are. (laughs) It's up there now with all the rest of it. Yeah, because I uh, put the young nipper to bed at seven. I was like, right, as soon as he goes to bed, obviously I'm not going to let her watch it. I'm putting it on then so then I can have at least some of my evening back after watching that. So positive, negatives, bloggy. Let's start with the positive. Let's get those out of the way first then. So uh, it's direct, you said there's a few bits that were scary and a few things you did like. So uh, praise the entity. Um, I think that Please. the way... <laughs> <laughs> I, think it does, I think it does a good job of showing someone that's scared to be in their own house. Like there's a bit where I think it's after the first attack she's just sort of sat on her bed and she's got all the lights on and she's trying to read a magazine but she can't really get into it and it just reminded me of watching jeepers creepers or whatever the hell it was and just being scared um so i i liked the um, the discomfort that they made you feel mm-hmm. and i liked um how it kind of deals with i guess looking at how um, rape victims are viewed in society and how these doctors are trying to sort of turn this into her fault somehow and that no one believes her um and that that is it those are all of the positives that i've got it um that's it well, what about you <laughs> uh where, what can i say that you haven't already said no yeah I, I, I agree the the way that they use the house and this is the location and how barbara hershey portrays that kind of the, the fear the uncomfort and, and the the distress i think she does a good job but i think barbara hershey for what she's given to do, she apparently she was cast ten days before production started, and she was a bit iffy about taking it because a lot of other actresses turned it down. I wonder why, but I think she was fine in it, and I, I like the fact that as Carla, she stands up to every man in the movie. You know, she's not taking any shit lying down, yeah. but uh, but in turn, every wow. man seems to want ah, or standing up or in a bath. Um, <laughs> all these guys in turn want something sexual from her. The obviously yeah. the entity. Male. I mean, we. I mean, I guess it's a male. Um, Doctor Schneiderman. He. He's her doctor, her psychiatrist, and clearly fancies her. By the end of it, he's got more than a professional interest in her. Even Jerry, old Rocco himself. Even Jerry, he comes back, dismisses her as a daft old cow. Was like, look, I bought you a slip. Go and put it on. Go on, darling. Yeah. And he's interested. All he's interested in is like her body and that. Um, so all the men just have want something sexual from her, and like you say, the doctors kind of chop the way they or even everyone, the way they view her and the situation she's telling them about, almost dismissively, like, yeah, okay, whatever. And um, So I like that. There was a decent jump scare about, I don't know how far in I lost track, but she goes to Cindy's house, her friend's house, later on. Uh, it's in the evening, and uh, Cindy and her husband, who shows every sign of being a domestic abuser, George, Yes, um, yeah. They go out somewhere. They only have looked like a, a wedding reception, I think. They're going to be gone for an hour. And as soon as they go, uh, Carly sits down. And I think there's this like, weird Dutch angle of her. And then, and then just suddenly, like, bang! Like the, the windows and back doors just get blasted open like really dramatically. And I thought that was a decent jump scare. So I didn't see that coming at all. Yeah. And then the house gets smashed up. And George thinks that Carly did it. But LOL. 
And I found that in those moments, the scares were far more effective because there was no music. It was just the scene. It was the noise of everything smashing. It was Barbara Hirsch, uh, Carla, uh, the, the sound of her fear screaming uh, and everyone else coming in to kind of save her. It, those worked better without any music. Um, but yeah, other than that, um, not really much else. The bubble bath, the brand was Mr. Bubble. I was like, that's nice, Mr. Bubble. And <laughs> really, that was really about it. I mean, there might be other things when we when we discuss things. That, well, you might, there may be other things I think, actually, that wasn't quite so bad. But honestly, mate, that was it for me. So <laughs> on the flip side, then, let's talk about what maybe didn't work for us. Uh, everything I think pretty much everything didn't work for me um it uh, god where do you start um (laughs) I'm actually like I I don't know where the list is so long the list is so long I mean so let's just start I'll just like should we just go through yeah, man. Happy would yeah, that be a better way to just kind of we just go through and then we can talk about how? I mean, so the <laughs> so some of the dialogue is absolutely appalling. Um, I mean, like so that like after the first attack, and she's like, "Check out the bed, check out in the closet," and she's like, "Come here, kids!" and they're all screaming and crying and everything. And then her son just goes up to him and just goes, "Stop crying!" That's it. Stop crying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at one point, he says, um, after the first attack, he he puts his head at the door, um, Billy, and says, oh, you know, I'll, I'll I'll leave the door open for you so you, so I can hear what's going on. And then immediately, like, next couple of pills, I was like, what, what are you taking drugs for? Have you, have you meant to be staying up watching it? Honestly, I've got this in my note. I'll, I'll wait up for you. Immediately takes pills. <laughs> okay. You'd, you would just give up if you were her son, wouldn't you? I mean, he does a good job of looking pissed off throughout the entire film. Like, I'm having a complete mental breakdown and I'm just like, stop crying, stop crying. I'm not going to do the washing up, stop crying. Nobody does the washing up, do they, in this film? No one does the washing up. It seems to just get piled up. It really pissed me off. <laughs> I liked it when they, go, when they go to our mate's house. My note is they seek refuge in Dolly Parton's house. <laughs> the people like, oh, hey there, darling. That's it. Down? You want a my coffee? a real asshole. Oh, I could get weighted down in my own home. Coffee and two sugars because I'm a fucking heretic. And she's like, there's nothing like some good old California sun. She's like, I was raped. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's like, oh. And then her husband's like, where's that fucking coffee? <laughs> she goes when men who aren't there come into your home and start having intercourse with you then it's time to see a good psychiatrist <laughs> and she's the only one who actually has any sanity even if she doesn't believe it she's like look you probably should go and see a shrink rather than just like flubbing off so I, I like that Cindy even though she looked like she was like five minutes from singing nine to five she actually <laughs> is the only one of any sanity because she immediately notices look her mate's gone mental because she said, yeah, she hasn't paid the rent. She lives in a dive. So, and she's like, look, let's go, let's go and see a shrink. Go and get yourself checked out. I was like, you know what? That's one of the most sane things I've heard in a horror film for an awful long time. Yeah, exactly. Like, And the fact that she, I like the fact that it, it doesn't mess about either. I mean, there's no time messing about with this film. You're straight in with a vicious ghost rape. It just happens instantly. And you're like, what the fuck is going like <laughs> she's just rubbing she's just rubbing like what looks like brill cream on her legs as well <laughs> sounds like oh, sandpaper the adr guys did a real bad job <laughs> it just looked like she was putting paint on her legs i was like why isn't the lotion absorbing what is this <laughs> i looked it up actually and i think someone said it was like it's a it's a pantyhose burn or something 
Right. I like how you look at that. I don't know if this is because I thought, what the fuck is that stuff that she's putting on? I think it's like it's something. I've never had burns off my tights. She must be working really hard. Well, maybe that's why they did feel so like sandpaper because it sounded bloody awful. It literally sounded like when she was wrapping it on. Unless a unless a panty, I don't know what a pantyhose are made out of. I don't know. The I don't know. It must have been very high. They spend like a really, really long time at the beginning setting her up to be a wholesome woman in this montage sequence where like a co-worker comes in really late and she's like, oh, no, that's fine. I'm just going to go to my, my night school. And, you know, like when I've, when I've finished, I'm going to touch my tutor's arm because I'm such good friends with everybody. And I'm such a wholesome, lovely mum. And my, I get pantyhose burns because I'm just working so hard. So and my now, son looks the same age as me. Yeah, and now I'm... Yeah, that must be gutting as well. <laughs> that whole thing with our son. Um, well, yeah, there's a lot that was cut out, wasn't there? Or dumped from the book because even the director was like, that's too fucking weird to have in the film. But she's weird with her son, like that first scene where she's like, hey, Billy, I mean, what's all this about? You should have said you've been a naughty boy. It's like, what the hell is she going to like kiss her son? You've been a naughty boy. That's right, they, yeah, invades his personal space. Yeah, and like from the from the get go, she is like because even Jack was like, "What the hell's going on here? Is she going to kill him or something?" And I was like, "I don't know. I don't remember this being in the film." But yeah, I read that there was a whole scene where the entity was supposed to put like some kind of incestuous dream in her head, mm-hmm. and they cut it out. She was supposed to have like a dream where she has sex with her son. Nice. So that I and it makes me wonder whether that's. The scene where she's asleep and she has this really weird orgasm where she kind of looks like Michael Jackson in Smooth Criminal. You know, the bit where it goes like really slow and he's like, Carla, are you okay? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wonder whether it was that and they just had it so that she just had an orgasm and felt ashamed. Maybe. Um, David Labiosa himself said that they, I don't know if he said they did film it, but they it's said. Labiosa, not Labiosa. <laughs> David Labia, he said they were going to film it, but I think they just like it, it's too weird given like the setup they'd had. But then when you think about their first scene, like you mentioned, it wasn't wouldn't have been that weird. Uh, but they said you know it was a bit weird, it's a bit awkward to even think about it, and they ditched it. There was another scene they cut of Carla staring at a topless Billy as he was in the garden and just kind of just like in awe. But they cut that out as well. So um, yeah, the book is a lot more weird. It's a lot weirder than the film, which is saying something. Um, but yeah, the cream sounded like sandpaper, and then and then you get the first assault. No, that that kind of comes out. No, but like you say, they're they're not messing around. in a film that's two hours and five minutes long. They don't mess around and getting to where they want to be. Yeah, which is just rape scenes over and over again. I mean, there's something, especially the bar scene. I mean, it's it's positioned as though it's supposed to be sexy in some way. True. I mean, I, I found it very odd that they, you know, they show her sort of getting in the bath and then she's kind of like splashing the water over herself and being like, oh, oh, and then she's raped. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, and it pushes her face up against the shower curtain. And it's just oh, God, yeah. Thing. It was just like yeah, awful. Because well, is that the one where they, where they, where the entity like holds her up and then she thinks there's two of them, one holding her legs as well and her hands? Yeah, yeah, that's that, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know, I, honestly, the first, this is going to sound awful, but the first one that happened, I was like, 
What the fuck's going on? Because that stupid music came on. Yeah. I was like, what? I was like, what on earth is going on? I was like, is this, I was like, is this meant to be in time with the rutting? And then, yeah. I, and also, I was sitting there thinking, is this like a a metal version of the Proclaimers? And like, I, I'm going to be. <laughs> and honestly, I was like, is this like a metal version? Jock's going to start singing. But um, no, they never did. I would take 500 baths. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and arms. Um, <laughs> but I couldn't believe it. I was like, it's... That's like, it just the music put me off every single time or, or whatever they were going for. But it was literally like the dan 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 dan, and I get that it was meant to be, obviously simulate um, the actions of what was happening and, it, and like the brutality and the rawness of it. But I couldn't get past the music, I, and I I don't know how if that works for other people. We may find out later. But the, honestly, the music in the attack scenes. Uh, it was just all, honestly, it took me right out, and it's not, and I don't mean that, and I was getting into this, but it completely <laughs> took me out of the kind of disgust I was supposed to feel. And of course, I was watching it. You are like, oh, this is icky, but with the music, I was like, I don't like how they've used that. And as I mentioned with the uh, jump scare scene, there was no music in that. And sometimes I think if directors hold back a bit, if you take the music out of those scenes, I, th- I for me anyway, I think they're a lot more hard hitting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, but the the guitar scene it is uh, the music. It's just silly, isn't it? I can't I can't describe it any other way. It doesn't it doesn't add to the. It doesn't make me feel any more scared. It doesn't make me feel any more uncomfortable. It just reminds me that this is an eighties movie, and <laughs> it's like they could have got Dawkins to do this, you know. Oh God! Imagine that. At least at least we we could have played another game of their lyrics after this to kind of make the, in the show on a high note at least. We'd have been like, den, 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 den. Is that a Dokken song? Yes. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Sadly, we didn't even get the Proclaimers. It was just, I don't even know who did it. And to be fair, I'm not entirely bothered in finding out. But yeah. <laughs> um, so and to, just about the the assault scenes, because it might as well just cover those. Because as, as a female, you of, of which you are and I am not, for those who haven't heard. How, what, what, are you, how, what are you thinking and feeling when you're watching this? Because again, from the male gaze and from me to say, "Oh well, I didn't feel that much because of the music," blah blah. But what are you feeling when you're watching it? Well, I have got a deeper voice than you. The scenes—they just make me feel uncomfortable. I mean, it's um, the, no rape scene particularly makes me feel comfortable. Of course, yeah. Um, but I did feel as though while they were trying to be like, uh isn't isn't this like isn't this rape really brutal and horrible? They were also being like, yeah, but Barbara Hershey. <laughs> there was a lot of that going on, and especially the last scene with Jerry, where she's um, she's all out. You know, we've got everything's going on, and then you've got a weird boob finger prosthetics happening. Yeah, suction boobs. Everything about it. I mean, for a film where, like you say, every single man is objectifying her and then she's just getting raped throughout the whole thing, like, we don't need to see... Yeah, they they, they did really objectify poor old Barbara Hershey, but it's a sign of the times, I think, more than anything. Um, Yeah, and you posed a question online, but um, uh, I'll pose it to you. How they remake... If they remake The Entity in 2020, obviously COVID allowing... How on earth would they re- if they were? How would they do it? I just don't think they would. I think um, there are some things that shouldn't be remade. You know, like the Princess Bride, for example. But that's a different that's a different 
subject for a different pod, but mm-hmm. yeah, the, the entity shouldn't be remade for a whole bunch of different reasons. And I mean, the only way that they could do it is if they did sort of give it, I think someone compared it to the invisible man. And I think if they gave it that kind of treatment where it's not, it's not about the rape, it's about how she's treated afterwards. Mm-hmm. I think that would be, that would be more relevant. I think that's the only way if they focus more on the doctors kind of ripping her apart and basically saying that she's a slut, then that would be the only way they could do it. But they certainly couldn't have a woman, you know, with her muffler out, having her boobs touched. It's just bizarre. No, not in the objectified way, like you say, because I think there was like there was a combination of Barbara Hershey and body doubles and, of course, like prosthetics when it came to the suction boobies. But I, I, I hadn't necessarily thought that, but now, the way, but now you say it, it's true. Yeah, the fact that, it, that they, they obviously Barbara Hershey was a young, is an attractive woman. And Sidney Fury made the most of his time with her for um, impact and titillation. I don't know what for, but um, I hadn't actually thought about that. That even that the film objectifies her, whether it means to or not. But they did. Uh, but I, I don't know how they remake this now. Again, uh, films don't need to be remade just to bring them into modern times. But I, even even if they do focus more on the psychological aspect of it, then the film itself is changed. You're fundamentally changing the source material, which. Might as well just make a different film, if you ask me. Yeah. But, and, and again, that's not me saying, well, if you're going to do it in 2020, I still want to see full-on rape with, without Charles Bernstein's music. Charles Bernstein did the music. Um, not at all. But I think that's that's pretty much that's what the film's about. And sadly, I think there will be people, if you remake it, who will be going to see that, unfortunately, um, if I can be so bold. But, yeah, I mean, leave it where it is. It is, uh, it is um, a, a sign of its time, 1982, it's just leave it where it was then. So, um, yeah, I was just interested in what you thought, because again, for me, I said the music took me out of the scenes whilst I pre- uh, understood the severity of it and that it was still like icky and uncomfortable to watch. I just wished I hadn't used that stupid music. Yeah. The music is ridiculous. I think it is supposed to simulate the, uh, sex though. I mean, but it's voyeuristic from the get-go. I mean, even that montage sequence where she's being all wholesome, it's like someone's watching her from the bushes and, like, the shot where she goes to her car, it's like as if someone's squatting down behind her car looking at her and then there's scenes of her in the house and it's like someone's watching her from the window. And those are all the types of scenes that are in films like, you know, slasher films where women are supposed to be objects of the gaze and that's the whole point of it. And But then, you know, if you look at other um exploitation movies that deal with rape like i spit on your grave or last house on the left or anything there's nothing even remotely nice about watching those scenes like there's nothing there's nothing fun about it at all it is deeply uncomfortable whereas with this film barbara hershey's still she's there's still an element of sexiness to it like when she's in the bath and they show her having an orgasm which is just weird and yeah just all these other things um that are just uh, a little bit like even Poltergeist too. He he tries to rape his own wife because he gets possessed, and even that, like you don't look at you don't look at Diane and think what yeah. You're thinking oh god, yeah. like this is awful. Whereas I I can see why people would like to watch this film because it's kind of like porn, really. It's bizarre. Uh, now I can't argue that to be honest. Yeah, the way it's it's all about execution, the way things are delivered and put across and. And a lot of that comes down to things like the use of sound, the use of music, the use of angles and lighting as well. 
those films you mentioned and something like Irreversible with Monica Bellucci, horrific, hor- horrible, horrible um, assault scene in that, like, like, yeah. like life-changingly scarring to watch. And I watched that, and I, and I mean, you watch it, like, I, I can just turn this off now. I don't need to see any more of this because of the way it was put across. You know, the director knew that in order to, unfortunately, in order to get his point across, he had to make it as as hard hitting as possible. Unlike this one, which, like you say, felt a bit more like Emmanuel, <laughs> like, um, yeah, yeah. soft core at times, which is strange because it shouldn't do. And like I say, I fully get that some of the scenes were uncomfortable. So I'm a, I'm a geezer watching it. I'm like, I don't find this titillating or exciting. It is still like, yuck, especially the way people treat yeah. her. And I guess the way she is like, oh, I got assaulted by something you can't see. And they're obviously they're like, okay. But it's still uncomfortable to watch to a point. But I think they could have done more if they really wanted to, to take away some of like the schlock factor from it. But... The entity also takes over the car. And it's really annoying to keep calling it the entity, but the entity takes yeah. over a car, doesn't it? And like drives it all over yeah. the road. Yes, that bit. That bit's quite funny. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> it, it's just and and again, the music's playing as well. Yeah. And I, it, it's inconsistent music. It's there's at one point it's oh that that okay that that music means rape, and then it means that her dressing table is getting smashed up and then it just means that her car is going out of control. And you're like, what, like, what is it? Is this, does he come with a guitarist? Literally? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and like every time the dishes weren't uh, put away, all you just hear is... Yeah, it's just her going... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Carla, smash! Yeah, that scene was just a bit... Pat- and then that leads on to her meeting Dr. Schneiderman, uh, who was... Again, played by Ron Silver. And the first thing I thought when I saw him was, your beard looks fake as shit. Honestly, I was like, your beard? Because there's a famous character in Return of the Jedi, uh, General Maydine, Crix Maydine, who was cast but um, had to wear a fake beard on set and it looks horrendous because his action figure, they painted a beard, they'd give him his action figure a beard. So uh, George Lucas was like, well, well, you got to have a beard now because it was a bad George Lucas impression. (laughs) Because his toy's got one. And I was looking at Dr. Schneiderman a lot, thinking, is your beard real? Because it just didn't, it looked, it looked like it was felt and just pasted on. But yeah, she goes to see him. Uh, he sends to take some tests. And to start with, you kind of think, well, he's a bit, he, he seems quite um, understanding. But it was always that kind of underlying um, hint that, again, it wasn't fully professional on his behalf. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as soon as you, as soon as you meet him, you realise that he's a massive creep. Um, I think I, there's and there's, no, there's nothing in particular about him that makes him. Like at first, he's you know he's kind of like a nice doctor and everything, but um, it just goes on and on where he starts. You know, he's just she comes to him in the end and says, you know, like I'm gonna I'm gonna cooperate with the entity. Like I've had enough. Yeah. Like all this talking is so he 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 goes to her in a safe space. Offers her a lift home, which is like again, it's kind of like okay, he's offered her a lift home. That's I'm sure that's fine. Then he gets into her house and he's like, "Did you enjoy having sex with your dead ex-husband? <laughs> like, was it was he exciting in bed? You know, and it and what what about your weird Catholic dad who also molested you? Like, let's let's talk about your sexual history. I want to know how much experience you have before I really start getting into the nitty gritty of accusing you of just having these wank fantasies and biting yourself and wanting to shag your son. It's just bizarre." 
And also, can I just bring up, he, he lists a load of fantasy creatures, right? Where he's like werewolves, dragons, Trolls, bats, yeah. bats. He keeps talking about bats bam, as if they're bam, like... Bam. It was so funny because but I just kept going, but bats are real. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, bats aren't made up ghosts. They're real. And we've got a we've got a family of bats like flying around where we live. There's loads of these little and we went out and had a cigarette after the film because you need one after that yeah. season. And uh, there were these bats flying around and I was like, This is just a fantasy, Carla. These bats aren't real. <laughs> They're dragging the fly past. So, yeah, he's a psychiatrist that antagonizes his patient, um, threatens to lock her up, condescends her, and then says that bats aren't real. I should be struck off, shouldn't he? <laughs> um, yeah, he's weird, the doctor was. He's like, I hope my driving didn't scare you. It's how I find out if my patients trust me. And he's like, yeah. later on, he might, he's like, mind if I take a look at your bedroom? It's how I find if my tr- patients trust me. It's like finding any other excuse. Like, is this the bedroom? May I? Uh, I don't really want not being in the bedroom is going to going to um, solve. Like, is this your underwear drop? May I? He's, he comes across. I mean, when I when he first see him, I was like, he's just a nice doctor. I wasn't sure if he was going to play a big part in the film. So I could, honestly, I've been so long since I've seen this film. I've been about quite young, um, and that wasn't because I wanted to. It's just on, um, and then obviously. <laughs> It was like not quite orange, like. <laughs> yeah. And my eyes like matches. Um, yeah, I was just like, I don't like the doctor. And then you find out later on that he is a bit sleazy. And even the way he kind of, he looks at her and the way he dismisses her, they were also behind her back as well towards the end. Yeah. She starts to rally against him a lot more. He starts to be a bit more uh, dismissive, even behind her back as well. But then they have the scene with the doctors when, when they go to have the meeting with all of the doctors and um, he seems to be standing up for a kind of then. But that seems really odd as well. Like in the room with all these yeah. doctors and they're all just like looking at her like, you absolute toe rag. And one of them's like, why you, Carla? And she says, I guess he chose me. And he just goes, chose you? Why? <laughs> and then... And then when she leaves, one of the bloke doing the coffee puts an inch of coffee in each mug. I'm like, what's the point? Just give them all that and give, give them all the coffee. It's probably shit coffee. Yeah, it, it looks watery as toss. But yeah, and then one doctor's like, she's just masturbating. You know, those bruises just you know appear on her body all over just because of her, her finger. And then they says, you know, they think that meeting a normal man has driven her mad because of her history with men. They're like, oh, because she's now met a normal guy. It's obviously uh, brought up these old um, feelings and emotions again that she's been hiding. I was like, it's really strange how these doctors work in this film. And one of them says as well, would it be a reflection on you as a woman if he left you? Yeah, it was the female doctor said that. Yeah, and the female doctor does the worst stuff as well because when she leaves, they're they're talking about all the different men and she keeps getting the names wrong. Yeah. She's like, oh, what what one was that? Was that Jerry? Was that Ian? Oh, and then when she gets one right, she's like, oh, finally, I got one of these many men right. Is that 23? Oh, my God. And that's that, that, those were the bits that I found, like, I thought they were good because they showed this this is how women are treated. I mean, this is how if this is why women don't come forward about rape because no one fucking believes them. Like mm-hmm. even now. Or thirty odd years later. I mean, to be fair, saying that you're raped by a ghost still probably is gonna be a harder sell than just being raped by a, a yeah. person. But 
I think actually Kesha said that she's had sex with a ghost. Um, nice one, Kesha. At one point or another. Um, not that that's got anything to do with anything. It just popped into my head. It's relevant but, to this story. Um, it's, it's, not, it's not something that you hear about every day, I suppose. But And, it, and it's understandable Casper, that... Casper the unfriendly ghost. Casper <laughs> the too friendly ghost. <laughs> <laughs> It's just it's funny how they, they they just try to they try to take all of her past and everything. Because I looked up the the true story yeah, about yeah. it about Doris Doris Bither, and you know it even says in that that she had a history of physical and substance abuse along with a traumatic childhood. And you know it, 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 why that even needs to be included. I but I guess yeah, substance abuse. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's just. Uh, evidence to the contrary, isn't it? I guess if because the story yeah. itself is like you say, pretty madcap. This I, I was sexually abused by an, an an invisible entity, a ghost, isn't like you say going to get you in in a world which still dismisses victims and put and makes the victim out to be the problem. That isn't going to help by saying that it's invisible. So for people to turn around, like like you've been saying, like the woman was the one who was instigating the, the negative. Um, connotations here and the, and the men were coming up with these crappy excuses and if you find out that she's also got substance abuse and stuff like that then it's it's an easy sell oh she was just a mad case with you know she's on stuff she's off her head substance abuse you know it's obviously fried her mind or something and I she guess, thinks bats are real well what, yeah what and she thinks bats are real I mean, yeah. there, there was a funny bit where she, I think it was after the bath scene, and then she goes to see Dr. Snyderman, and he's like, go home, take a long, hot bath and relax. And she's yeah. looking at him like, what? And I don't think she told him that she was in the bath, but it's pretty jokes. Yeah. Um, for a man whose beard looked like that, it was it was absolute scenes, wasn't it? <laughs> but yeah, you do find that she did have a tra- traumatic childhood. Her, her governor was abusive. Her mum was aware, but didn't step in. So she ran away to New York. She met a guy called Mario, Mario, who ended up becoming Billy's dad by way of sex. And he died when she was 16 <laughs> and pregnant. A second lover, Bob, just upped and left. And then she's met this um, guy called Jerry, who I didn't know. Because in, in a couple of scenes later, she's just in bed with this old grouch who's never oh. around. And that turns out to be Jerry. I was like, oh, is this, this the guy she she's met, like the normal guy who, again, fairly old geezer. And he's never, ever around. He always seems to be finding excuses to never be there. And when he is, all he wants is sex. Even in this, even in that scene, she's like, I'm not in the mood. And yeah. she goes home. Yeah, he's... Um, I, I actually said to Jack as well, when he, when he bought her that slip, I was like, don't ever buy me underwear as a present for you. Ever. Yeah. I was like, I just want to let you know that that's not going to fly with me. <laughs> I, bought, I bought me a gift where it's... At least be honest about it. It's yeah, the whole thing with Joe, and then he fucks off anyway, doesn't he? The pussy can't handle it. I know, yeah. And even <laughs> uh, <laughs> this isn't this is how I've got to word this now. In the scene after the tackle out scene, where she's completely starkers on the bed, and yeah. Jerry gets me, help me, and Jezza goes to help her, and he gets like launched away. And what I love is same with Billy. The way the guys have to just throw themselves back is incredibly but cheesy. But then Billy comes in just as Jerry's going to smack her with a chair, or he so he thinks. Smack her with a chair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, really funny. 
He's like, get off her. But Billy comes in, he just sees her. Like, it's like a WWF match over like, still, oh, not the steel chair. And he just goes to smack her one. <laughs> just this cage comes down. They're like, go, go. The it's Undertaker and Mankind start fighting. Yeah, it comes in with <laughs> yeah. the clock. Um, I was like, the scene itself obviously wasn't funny, but it's just the fact that Jerry's first instinct is to get a chair and just whack an invisible thing, which would have meant he KO'd his own missus. Yeah, the whole, I mean, like, they, I, I see something on the, there's something on the blunders bit on IMDb that says that when Billy, um, when Billy gets all the lightning coming out of his hands, like, like fucking Ghostbusters or something, he, uh, he, he, he falls backwards and for, for no reason, he said the curtains inexplicably just like tear in half, even though he falls nowhere near. <laughs> I need to. Oh, I wish I still had the, my copy of it. I gave it away because um, I'd love to <laughs> see that bit. Yeah. I gave I'll it away to, to the waste collectors. I did. Yes, <laughs> the bin was hungry. <laughs> oh dear. I I wish I could. I, maybe it's on YouTube. I need to rewatch that because honestly, I was watching it. I was like, I'm sure I saw this scene in December in the Rise of Skywalker with the Emperor. And I was like, no, even that film managed to do it better than this. Yeah, what? the lightning was just like pap. The lightning was crazy. Yeah, because well, it comes up a few other times, but um, yeah, because that's when. But to be fair, that scene is fa- is a fairly big scene because that's the first assault where the family is present. The young uh, Billy comes out and sees it, and the kids are there as well. When Billy gets his ass kicked and his arm broken, and then he gets fried by lightning. Um, but the, again, nowadays you could probably make that scene look a little bit more convincing, but then it just looks shocky. It's just like it. That seems really unexpected as well because she's like, "Here's ice cream, kids! Like, what a wonderful yeah. day!" And then it's like, "Oh, don't eat it all without me!" And then it's just like, good, great, it? great, the ice cream. Grr, yeah. grr. I bet no one ate it after that. I bet it went to waste. The entity turned up and he ate it. <laughs> Is that whipped cream with yeah. cherry? Banana splits. So <laughs> <laughs> basically, he just tried to beat him up just so he could finish the ice cream. A little bit it's of hungry. crushed nuts. That's it. Chocolate sauce. <laughs> Two spoons. home, kids. That's it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he, beat, he, he he went through all that effort just to have a, a bite of their banana split. It did look pretty good, though. And though, to be fair, though, those kids are quite young and it was late. They would have been up all night if they'd eaten it. It was funny, though, because there's a bit like when the, uh, when the parapsychologists come in and she's like, I'm like, my children are asleep. I don't want to wake them. And they're like, they slept through all of this. And she's like, yeah. And he goes, well, I guess that's one of the good things about kids. And I just piped up with, yeah, they sleep through their mom's nightly raping. What what kind of a statement is that? Like, oh, yeah, it's one of the... One of the good things about kids. Oh, no. Like, yeah. they, they sleep through, you know, thunderstorms, mum getting raped, you know, everything. Everything. Absolutely it's, useless. What a couple of Judas. They didn't do it anything. just makes me think that that was improv or put on the spot because why? It, it, that sounds like the sort of small talk that you'd say when you're in someone's house and you don't really, really know what to say, so reply with the most stupid thing. Oh, you know, it's a good thing about kids, eh? And then <laughs> yeah. afterwards you think, why did I say that for? Why did I say that? Um, but yeah, I guess they get the parapsychologists in, and of course, Doctor Schneiderman, he's all over that. He's trying. He's trying. He's doing everything he can to get them out of there, to get them basically arrested almost or barred from going yeah. in. But um, their introduction was awful as well yep. because um, she goes to a library with uh, Cindy or a bookstore, sorry, and she's in the <laughs> uh, and they're in the two and she's looking at the occult and astrology section or something. And then she leans down and then from over the other side of the uh, bookshelf, bookcase, two people just happen to be talking about apparitions and cold spots. And she's like, 
it's true, all of it. And the next thing, they were in our house asking her questions. I was like, who the fuck are these guys anyway? And it's just like, like I know films have to have uh, plot conveniences and things to ha- that, that drive the story forward. That so at some point... That is actually so, how it happened IRL. <laughs> is it? It is. Fucking she, hell. Uh, she, I still don't take it back. A, a friend of hers like overheard a private conversation between gentlemen in a Westwood bookstore near the UCLA campus. And uh, she was like, oh, yeah, my friend's getting raped by a guy. <laughs> I think it's just a way. It, okay. IRL. But it, it, it's just a way it's put across. as like they would just happen to be opposite her. She's talking very loudly about it, and had they been had they been a little bit more subtle about it or something, it would have worked. But I was, but they didn't even explain who they were. I was like, who are these guys? They could have just been a couple of geeks talking about it, and then they're in their house. But they are the that I'm aware of the only guys who don't try to objectify her because they actually believe her. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, they. They they they've got massive Tucker and Specs vibes though, don't they? Like That's I was, it, I was talking job-y. to people about this on Twitter that they are the original Elise Tucker and Specs. Like I think I preferred these ones though to actual Tucker and Specs. Yeah, Tucker and Specs were a bit fucking annoying, weren't they? And yeah. Tucker and Specs would have just gone for the kids anyway. So yeah. <laughs> a couple Tucker. of lovely bastards, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I was hoping Tucker and Specs would meet their end. But it's it's always like a kindly old lady, isn't it, that ends up going like, I believe you. And that's exactly what happened here. Um, that's and exactly then they, how she they said end it. Up having the, uh, I, I wrote Star Wars Jedi fight with lights in the bedroom. <laughs> I a lot put, of Star Wars. Um, disco lights, disco and parties. Then, and then she's like, show yourself. And then this big green light comes up and it's like Aurora Borealis at this time of year in your bedroom. I expected it to roll towards them with cake, Slimer and Ghostbusters. It was the the banana split. It's like, sorry, I took it earlier. No, yeah, that that was, again, it's all, I know it's all about their bloody effect at the time, but there are films before this which look a lot better and it's she like she's taunting the entity and it starts this weird laser sh- show. And speaking of Return of the Jedi again, but there's so many close-ups of everybody's eyes in this scene. Yeah. Just keep yeah. shooting to their eyes, and then a green blob appears. And when they go outside, there's like twenty or thirty people in the in the house. Like the house <laughs> isn't that big. And then Jer- that's when Jerry returns home, and um, she tells Jerry what's happened, and he dismisses it and belittles her basically, and then says, "I got you a slip as a present for you. Go put it on for me." Yep, exactly. Yeah. And he accuses her of having some kind of student party as well. Yeah. Uh, what, so what did you think about this, the parapsychologists and how they how they were brought in and how they handled it? From, from Again, from like the Jedi laser show up until their idea to actually trap the entity itself. I mean, I, I, I liked, I felt like the movie got a bit more, it actually felt like the movie started then, mm-hmm. which is really weird because that's how it finishes. I don't understand why they went down this whole, you know, got all the doctors in the round table being like, oh, she's masturbating. I don't, and we all know that she's not. So I don't really, it, it's like this film got torn between whether it wanted to be like really women's lib and be like, yeah, you know, like this is what happens when you don't believe rape victims to mm-hmm. this is a really exploitive, weird horror movie. Um, but I, I thought that when the parapsychologist came in, that it was it started to be the film that it, it was supposed to be. Um, but then that all just that all just went to pot when 
and they they got the the liquid helium out. And I thought, isn't it supposed to be liquid hydrogen? Yes, I thought. And not liquid. Like, what are they going to do? The entity's going to turn up, and instead of it being like boom, 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 it's going to come. Boom, 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 It would have been. It would have been the proclaimers in. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've, I've written in my notes like liquid hydrogen. I was so sure that's what it was. Um, yeah, there, there, there was a moment where um, the parapsychologist actually take a picture of the the blue lights appearing uh, in one scene, and she's shouting, "You're like, die, you bastard! You're too <laughs> weak to get me, die, you he's bastard!" Weak. He's weak. He can't touch us. That's it. And then they all start celebrating. I was like, "There's 45 minutes left of the film. You know, pull the other yeah. one." We've still got time for a few more rapes yet. Don't get too excited. Yeah, because we're still going to get your sandpapery legs again and your you know, <laughs> prosthetic boobs. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I like the idea of bringing them in because they kind of need them in the film or something like that to get a resolution. And then when you've got the actual like the actual docs, no disrespect for parapsychologists, but you've got the psychiatrists. They start taking the piss out of psycho parapsychology. I like that angle where you've got the Actual science against like this, like below the phony science, as what as they would seem to call it. I like that the dichotomy there. Yeah. Uh, um. Like you say, it just started about an hour too late, an hour, an hour and fifteen minutes too late into the film. Uh, so exactly. I like the those uh, factions facing off against each other, but then they recreate her house in mm-hmm. a school gym in in a college gymnasium. It's like, wouldn't the ghost know? Yeah. Uh, exactly. This is what I, mean. I don't understand why they're like we've recreated your house in a gym, and then like when the when the even when the lights are going on, they just turn the lights on and go right. What do we do? Well, we need to try and trap him. Uh, we'll lure him in. Uh, just don't tell the ghost, all right? Don't don't tend, like, tend not oh, to look up. This is an omnipresent rapist. You're not gonna you're not gonna fool him. And then they show her like the uh, they show her the magnitude of what's going to happen when they when they get they put the rose in the hydrogen and or the helium or whatever the fuck it is, and then when they when they crush it, this synth comes on where they're like, is it? And I I just put synth by a rose on a grave. (laughs) Yeah, death by synth. (laughs) It's just stupid. It's like. Yeah, like I said, the ghost would have been waiting at the normal house, like checking its watch, and then thinking, "Well, I'll just yeah. take a trip to the to the university in case she's there," and then having like this weird deja vu feeling as the house has been rebuilt with about like a like a spaceship's worth of hydrogen above it. It's just ridiculous. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm just struggling to obviously put real world logic into this, but come on. It's- it's madness and then like once you get there like we think that you're gonna like this we, you might find it familiar and he's like this is the kids room and she's like yeah the beds are in the wrong place and he's like oh well it, 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 and you can see that he's like fuck you we only had an hour to do it's this like, like, that doesn't matter really it's like, fairly if you're gonna recreate something you probably should get it right and they just like that whole scene it was just like and here we have a chemical toilet obviously we'll bring you all the water that you need we got you some of your books there's the safe area do you like the safe area carla obviously there's no lights and you can't, she's like, oh, yeah, but don't change in the bedroom because we've got a camera. And obviously Jimmy in the control room will be able to see you. And he's a furious masturbator. So make sure you go in the bathroom. <laughs> we've already seen enough of you. It's just stupid, isn't it? And the whole Dr. Thing. Schneiderman turns up and he's about to get seven bells kicked into him. And then she's like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to see him hurt, even though she's, but everything up leading up to that made me believe she did want to see him get hurt. Then he's watching it, and then the doctors see it, and even then the doctor's like, "I don't know what I saw," 
as something that starts manipulating this liquid hydrogen and starts trying to kill the woman in the house. It's, um, I don't know. And then she tells she tells the entity it can do what it wants with her. She's had enough, but you can't touch me. So it just destroys the house instead. Yeah, there's this one. She's like, you know what, take your time, buddy. That's and it. then she's like, you can't have that. That's mine. And it's like, well, it's, he's already... He's already had it, like, and you you said that you were going to cooperate with him. So it was, the whole thing was really weird. But there was a bit right before that. So she's in the house, and like Doctor Snyderman's there, and they're all waiting. And then the guy with the glasses just goes, "I want to get it so bad I can taste it." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, what the hell!" Like they just had to get one last little bit in there, didn't they? Where it's just, oh. what is the it he's talking about? I don't know. And then the bit, so right, the bit where the ice cube explodes. So there's clearly like a scale model with an yeah. ice cube on, which they're just, and then when it all explodes, it like cuts to everyone's reaction. And the, the woman just sort of goes like, Gah, Gah. she like pulls this <laughs> ridiculous face. And everyone's like turning away as if like it's just exploded with shit or something. And they're like, oh. <laughs> And then that guy's like, I, I, I don't know what I saw. And he's like pissed himself and everything. And she's like, you son of a bitch. And that's right, that, yeah. That's just the end of it. <laughs> that's best, the end of the film. It was the best line of dialogue in the film was when she's like, you son of a bitch. A bit like Arnold Schwarzenegger does. <laughs> Dylan, you son of a bitch. Oh, that that's wasn't it. it. I don't know whose voice that was. No, yeah. You're, usually oh, you yeah. can out Arnie Arnie, but that was that was like my yeah. impression of Arnie. You're a son of a bitch. It's really hard to do that one. You son of a bitch. I can't come do it. Yeah, come on, Dylan, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's, be- that's better than nothing. You have to start with the come on. <laughs> well, I can't even do that. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, back to the entity. Um, <laughs> well, actually, the best line of dialogue in the film was one which, for um, for reasons to keep the show on the air, we can't actually say. We can't actually say, but it starts with Welcome Home, and it rhymes with Jeremy Hunt. Yeah, it does. Welcome it rhymes home. with Runt. I said Hunt. I said Hunt. I was, because I said the blog and all off air, I had to rewind it, because it's like, rewind it i had to um go back 10 seconds and I was on like, my vhs yeah, i have to sort of track it out on this piece of shit <laughs> and i was like is this did, did he just say what i think he said and i went back to a couple of times like i think it did and i went i laughed afterwards I was like the the house actually said that like the house or the entity is now speaking like via a letterbox like, and that's his voice and we said to we said off oh, fair it sounds like he was pissed as well like he'd raided the old uh, minibar he had yeah. a wobbly voice it was probably just George. It was a it was our mate's husband. Yeah. Like, I don't want her in my house. She's a goddamn lunatic. Welcome home. Yeah. Or oh, it's Jerry. He's still waiting there for the slip to be tried on. <laughs> yeah. no. Come on, Carly. <laughs> I actually struggled to remember her name. You say Carly, but I kept thinking her name was Carly. I had to go back through my notes and change Carla to Carly. Um, so we both agree that the actual idea of freezing the spirit was horrendous. Um, yeah. Well, then you find out actually at the end that it's based on a true story. I mean, they, they marketed it on that. And you also find out that the, the attacks carried on anyway. So film was a bit pointless, really, because nothing actually changed. Well, I mean, no. Well, Doris Byrd is dead now, so I can say what I like. Bullshit. I'm sorry, but I hate all this stuff where it's like, it's based on a true story. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's not, though, is it? Like, come <laughs> on. Let's be fair. No one got raped by a fucking ghost. Like, I... <laughs> You, when you say it like that, 
<laughs> I mean, so many films do. I mean, especially there was a phase in like the late nineties, early noughties, where a mid noughties, where everything was a true story. And even some of the best horror films out there, like even the greatest movie of all time, you, you know, it's based on a true story. But you know, you'd have to stretch stretch it to believe that it's actually a true story. Even in that film, I don't find it scary because this really happened. Or like the exorcism of Emily Rose. Ooh, I was like, oh, I like the film. Whether it's based, I don't give a shit if it's based on a true story. Again, no disrespect to anyone. Yeah. But I was like, I, 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 in a like, film, it works because I can suspend my disbelief. It's based on a true lie that someone told. True lies. That, true lies. That's also got Arnie in it. Yep. It's like, take off your dress. <laughs> I was like, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> That's where they got the most of the lines for Jerry came Chris from Chris. that bit in True Lies. <laughs> so, yeah. but also, uh, the, the woman that um, the woman that investigated it in real life, like her, her, um, her practice was defunct anyway. No. The woman who was called, or no, it was Barry Taff, and he was working in the now defunct parapsychology lab. <laughs> yes, that says it all, really, doesn't it? <laughs> It's like, you know, whenever you watch Most Haunted, and obviously we all know that Derek Akora got completely busted for stuff, and you're just like, it's based on a true story, but it's not true. And I don't understand why people find that more terrifying, like all this stuff with um, the, the Warrens and that, and it's just yeah. like, but, that's, but it, they were just fucking liars. <laughs> Charlatans, all of them. Yeah, I mean, if it's, if it's like a, a film about a serial killer, I don't know why I emphasise serial there, but if it is a film about a serial killer and it says based on a true story, okay, I can I, I can handle it. I can dig that because it is, you know, there's nothing supernatural yeah, yeah. about someone going around and slicing people up. It, it, that hits home more to think, Jesus, this, like, it, it, whether it's a dramatic recreation or not, it's like, this actually happened. Whereas some of the things you hear about or watch in films like this one, it's like, well, uh, wait, like I say, it, it works in the basis of a fictional piece of work. But then to say this is actually true, uh, now I don't believe it. Do you know what I mean? I can't get my head around it. I guess it depends where you like, where your, where your faith lies, but literally as well. If you believe in the the, good, the devil or you're heaven, you've got to believe in hell. And if you believe in angels, you've got to believe in entities and demons. So if you're in, if, if you know, maybe if you're watching it with that viewpoint, maybe this is scary or, uh, maybe it is a lot more hard here. I, I don't know, but I know the whole time that you were talking, I just had a ghostly rapist, Keskese, bam, 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 just in my head the whole time <laughs> because you said serial killer. Yeah, there we go. Uh, I've never heard that song before. Psycho killer, Keskese, One song I have heard before is this. <laughs> oh God. Um. So right. Uh, before we move on anywhere else, is there anything else you wanted to mention about the entity? Because there was some really bad blurring and like background blurring and bad focusing in this film. I didn't like some of that. Um, oh God, I didn't even notice that. I was just too like, I don't know. I was just too shocked. The foreground background was just like someone's just gone in with the blur tool on Photoshop and just blurred out the background. It looked really bad because there was like a visible like inch line around the characters' heads where. They've literally manually blurred the background, the for, the background out oh, for the foreground. Um, when they right at the beginning, after the first assault, when they go to Cindy's house and then they get booted out because um, her husband wants his coffee. Uh, when they return home, there's a really long tracking shot to show all of the damage in the bedroom, which took up most of the runtime. 
And it's stuff like that. It's like, just cut that out. We know the damage in the bedroom. Or just show a static shot of the of the bedroom that's like in ruins. Don't show like a 30, 40 second long, maybe longer tracking shot going up and that of, of, of the damage. We know that. And then the last one was, um, what's the name? Carla Rasa, kids. Did you hear that? And the littlest kid said, I heard it, mummy. And then the other one, Julie says, what, what, she goes, what was it? Really theatrical. And I was like, rain it in, Julie. Come on. <laughs> even her shoulder even like juts forward. Like, oh, what was it? Uh, and that's when I thought this is what kind of films are going to be when they've got these, this kid act who's like, come straight out of drama school. Um, Proper mugging it to the camera. <laughs> yeah, like, just got off her horse. It's like, yeah. So uh, there may be more to think about, but I think that's it for me. But is there anything else you wanted to mention about Ill Entity? No, I think I, I think I've covered everything on that. Do you feel like you've exercised <laughs> any demons within you now? Oh, and, and just the silly bit with the pipe, where he's like, "This pipe," and she's like, "Don't go out of the house." Yeah, and he's like, "This pipe, it's this pipe." But who touched it before? And then like it never happens again. And it reminded me massively of a bit on The Conjuring, where he's like, "Oh, yeah, it's just pipes." Another Warren mystery solved. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, because well, Ed Warren can do anything you ask him to. Fix a pipe, yeah, sing yeah, Elvis. He didn't come over and fix their car and fix their pipes and sing Elvis. That would be hilarious if a young um, Patrick Wilson had a cameo as like a plumber in this. be brilliant. I'm surprised that there wasn't a plumber in this. It was shot like a bloody pawn. So. <laughs> yeah, he comes oh, around and sees it. You got a creaky pipe, <laughs> and he looks in. Oh, he's another old creepy old man. Um, well, Martin Scorsese loved this film. He he uh, put it as number four in his top eleven, which is a strange um, number, but it's top eleven scariest horror films of all time. Uh, Martin Scorsese put it as number four above The Shining and Psycho. So take that really? how you will. Okay. Yeah, it wouldn't be fourth in in mine. Would it be fourth in yours? No. No, no, definitely not. No. All right. Well, before we move on to what the lads and ladies out there thought of all the films we've done, I kind of guess where this is going to sit. But is this bottom of the list, or is there something worse? It's towards the bottom. I'm sure there was something worse. Oh, wounds. Oh yeah, wounds. <laughs> I think I'd, I'd rather watch the entity than wounds. At least there's an ending, and it makes sense. True. Fair enough. And the prodigy was great. Just for that one line. Yeah. Like is funny because it's just like it's a bit well it's just funny really i mean obviously there's nothing funny about rape and i'm not condoning that at all but the, the scenes outside of the rape scenes are rather amusing it's true and the prodigy has the little the old man's face on the kid so that there's a win for that yeah yeah and the paprika of course of course like who could forget paprika right well that was our um unbiased discussion about the entity as you uh-huh. both, as you all uh, heard, we're both not particularly big fans of this film. So, uh, as we do, we asked you guys and girls out there, what did you think of the entity? So, Bloggy, uh, what's up first? Uh, Ashley Epley, man that we all know and love, um, said, "All I can say is this movie. I felt the fear Carl had, and following her and pondering her all at once. How can a ghost, an entity, have the overall strength and power to do what it's done to Carla?" Uh, Ashley loved the effects and the acting by Barbara Hershey. He said it was superb, <laughs> and he said that the music definitely sure oh definitely sets a chilling mood. Um, Sorry, okay, Ashley, okay. Yeah, for everything <laughs> you've just heard. <laughs> um, superhero Paul Plus said, "Great flick. I remember first watching it as a, as an eleven year old kid. Bloody hell, that's young. 
the bad dream of taxing freaks me out to this day. Crazy stuff. Slept with the lights on for a while after this. Well, I don't, I don't blame them. They're 11 years old. Yeah, lightning and oh. laser show Jedi lightning. Um, Finding out the bats aren't real. I know, yeah, and that beard on that guy's <laughs> face wasn't real either. Um, <laughs> our buddies over at Holmes Movies said, it's quite disturbing. It's a very effective and creepy horror film. Barbara Hershey's performance in fa- is fantastic, and I did say I quite enjoyed her performance. The music by Charles Bernstein is pretty good too. Oh, what have we done? Ashley Slashy said, one of my favourites and one that scared me as a kid. And Beans, Gaz and Andy. Uh, is that super gross? They said, love this film. Some great special effects and some good acting too. Not seen this in years. I need to rectify that. Um, apologies again. Yeah, maybe maybe you don't need to. <laughs> maybe it's best left, it left in your imagination. Uh, Jimmy Fletcher said it's very gruelling and disturbing. Barbara Hershey was absolutely terrific. and The sense of dread is almost unbearable. Can't say I'll be revisiting it anytime soon, but it is a damn good film. From the director of Superman 5, is that? I don't, I don't read no 3 or 4. Sorry, I don't do 4. <laughs> it's the Romans go home. Superman <laughs> IV. <laughs> yeah, the one where he's in hospital. Uh, Richard Benjamin said, <laughs> sorry, that was terrible. <laughs> Superman, you're by mouth. I'm sorry, Richard, I'm laughing through your whole thing. Uh, literally talking about this film last night while watching Insidious. Good film. It was such a powerful film. And uh, Father... Zoso Grandier said the kind of horror film that's rarely made anymore, it still gets under my skin after all these years and holds up to. Right. Um, so we don't we don't have any listeners after this, no. I don't think. Everything the uh, guys and gals out there said, we again, film was subjective. We're not going to sit here and say any of you are wrong because that is your opinions, just as we wouldn't try to convince you guys that we are right. But Everything we've said seems at odds what everybody, uh, the guys have said, guys and girls have sent in. So, are we missing something? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that we are. I think that this is just the wonderful world of, of film criticism where, like, you know, Becky Scorsese liked it. Like, we're obviously the odd ones out. Well, when in doubt, blame the listeners. You're all wrong. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's subjectivity, of course. No, again, because. Um, when when the comments started coming in, I remember messaging uh, B Balboa saying like everyone quite likes this film, <laughs> um, and then we're going to be sitting there saying that we don't. And again, we don't hold any, we don't hold back on what we think about a film as you've just heard. But it's interesting to see such a difference in opinion. Um, again, may, maybe we are looking, maybe we're just looking too much into it. Whereas if we just wanted a beer, pizza, and ice cream film, banana split, maybe this would be great. But I don't know. I I, I stand by everything I said, and I know Bloggy does as well. So, but guys. Thank you so much for sending those in. And we look forward to hearing what you think about our next film, which we'll be revealing very soon. Before we get to that monumental moment, it's time to uh, it's time to break down the doors. It's time to put the music on. It's a death by pod game. This week we are playing. I've got to turn this music off. It's giving me flashbacks. No, don't. Can't just keep talking like this. Yeah, I can. It's, it's making me think of the film and I don't want to. Um, so we're playing <laughs> Truth or Lie. And the, the object of this game is each of us has to provide the other with three far-fetched exploitation movie plots. And the other one has got to decide whether it's true or a load of old rubbish. So we're going to give each other three plots of exploitation films. 
are they true or are they uh, is it a big fat lie? So bloggy, shall we? This is just like the film. I didn't even realise this when I suggested the game. Like, is Carla lying or has she oh, been God. raped? Let's find out. It's like poetry. It rhymes. One of us is Dr. Schneiderman in this scenario, in this game. Yeah, yeah well, it has to be me when it's I'm a guy. I don't know. I'm not going to talk about my beard. No, no well, I, I, I kind of got a beard, so um, I'll be Dr. Schneiderman for the fact that I have got facial hair. Show yourself. <laughs> And not be not because I give women lift home like just so they can trust me. <laughs> I wouldn't fucking trust you. <laughs> it's a nice one, too, Thank you, mate. I've appreciated these last few years That's of your, right. your friendship. Right. Um, right, so truth or lie, Bloggy, What's the first plot you've got? So I've got to decide whether this is true or a lie. Okay, so uh, a scientist creates. Uh, so basically, there's been like this. Uh, like an onslaught of of bugs that have got like plague. They've got the plague, and this scientist creates a species of bugs to kill the plague bugs because the plague bugs are like killing children. <laughs> but then the bugs end up evolving and they kill humans instead. Sounds like those sounds like those kids couldn't sleep through that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's from like ninety seven. Is that a mimic or something? Fucking hell, you got the year and the title yes. right. Sound the klaxon. There we go. And because we haven't done it for a good few weeks. I tried to make that sound like I did like I was making um, it up. How did you Only because Am only I because I used that same film a couple of episodes ago and that's how I know what it was. Oh jeez! All right, that's okay, the only fine. way. Otherwise, I would never, may not have got that. So, for you one, Lee Balboa, <laughs> blog E Balboa. So, um, a 16-year-old boy falls in love with his mother's boyfriend, leading to a relationship fueled by torture and murder. True. Yes, it's a film called Snow Town from 2011. Oh, just. It sounds like one to avoid. Jesus. I know, it's, it doesn't sound like the most uh, happier film. So we're one all. This, this is it. We've, we've had a couple of weeks off and we're coming back all guns blazing. So let's just keep this momentum going. What's number two? Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> uh, okay, so a prostitute who kills her clients finds that her panties have, have become possessed by one of her victims. Uh, so her panties have become possessed. Or her knickers. I don't know what way I thought, you know, Cacks. panties sounded... Yeah. <laughs> um, right. I can't believe that's true. And I'm going to go, that's a lie. That's a massive lie you're feeding me. It is a lie. I was oh, kind of part of me thinking, actually, I hope that's true, just so you have to reveal what the hell that is. So why, in this story, what happens to the panties then? So, like, the way that I was going to go with it is that she, like, she kills her clients and then, like, obviously afterwards she has a wash and she puts her pants back on. And then, like, the the, the ghost or the essence, I think they probably call it the essence because it's essence. an exploitation film. Well, she's just had sex, isn't she? And then the essence, like, goes into the pants and then she becomes possessed by one of her victims. And uh, I don't know, like, it the pants, like, hurt her in some way. 
I haven't really thought it through, but um, if anyone wants to buy the rights to this, I am selling them. Yeah, they don't come cheap, but yeah, possess panties by Bloggy Bow Find Bowen. me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Right, number two for you, number two, is um, a woman is abducted on the roadside and her abductors assault her in the shed and allow their dog to do the same. That's got to be false. <laughs> it is. I made that up. Uh, what would the title of that be? Um, dog sex. Dog day afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> dog gone. Um, yeah. So there was nothing. There were no dogs involved in in this assault. I felt really no. writing it because like it's weird writing like abductors assault her in the shed and then the dog joins in like i feel icky writing it but it was um, in the shed detail <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, i was like i don't want to do like the bed or the, or the kitchen it's like the shed it's grotty so two for two so far this could end up being the de- deciding ones now bloggy number three uh, a possessed turkey stalks teenagers during thanksgiving <laughs> <laughs> um, the Simpsons wasn't it the Halloween special um, just for just because it sounds mental no way that's got to be a big turkey of a lie it's not it's a real film <laughs> coffee's a real film it's a real film it's called Thanks Killing <laughs> uh, and there's a bit so there's, there's a couple of scenes on YouTube one of them is where they're going around the car asking each other what they're thankful for and one of the guys says I'm thankful that your mum still got the juiciest poon in town was and it made then, in the early noughties no I don't think it was I think it was made like oh no it might have been like 2007 maybe poon it was is around a proper about, time of that yeah um 2008 I was one year out have you seen uh, it but there's I've seen clips. It's kind of a bit like Trial Two, where you can't really watch the whole film. Uh, there, there's a bit where the turkey like bursts through some guy's chest and then just looks at him and just goes gobble gobble, motherfucker. It's brilliant. <laughs> anyone listening? Has anyone seen Turkey Killing? Thanks, Killing. Sorry, Turkey Killing. Thanks, Thanks Killing. Yeah. Please let us know what it's like because I already already know, but please confirm it. it's naff. <laughs> I think it is so bad. It's good. It, uh, it sounds so bad. It's just bad. Right, well, this is it now. This is this is to take the win. Bloggy, you ready, mate? I'm ready. Okay, right. Number three for you. Truth or a lie? Pressure's on. A businessman buys a house, but he has a hard time trying to get ev- get rid of its previous tenant, a dirty bum. That's true. Fine, Lasa. Yeah. The suspense there. It is true. Uh, is it Hobo with a Shotgun? No, it's it's a 1992 film starring Bill Paxton called The Vagrant. It's got Bill Paxton in it. Yeah, it is. He's like, he's, I hit the, the picture of him on the front cover is hilarious, like screaming. But here there's a, a, a bum. I like the fact that they call it a dirty bum. Just takes up residence opposite and just scares him quite a lot during the film, apparently. So... Um, Christ, you know what? That's, also, that's the first game in a long time. I think we've had an outright winner. I can't find the cover. What's it called? The Vagrant. <laughs> you found it in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks good, doesn't it? God. It looks like something else. It looks does it certainly looks something else, yeah. He he's not home alone. <laughs> 
because this would have come out about the same time as Home Alone, except um, rather than Hank and Marv, it was a dirty bum. Have you seen the uh, the back of the the cover? I haven't. Well, there's, it almost looks like he's getting he's getting some some loving from the Godfather. Exploitation. Loving it. Yeah, well, wow! Check it out, Bloggy. Congratulations on your on on your victory. First victory for for a while. Nice it one. is. Yeah, I was getting worried that we were going to have to do a tiebreaker, not because I don't want to, but every game seems to end in a tiebreaker now. So well <laughs> no, done. No, 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 like, oh crap, we've got to try and think of something. Yeah, well done, mate. I'm really proud of you. Well done for coming up with some filthy lies. And uh, that is our <laughs> The Entity episode. So, guys, sorry for everyone who likes this film that we've just absolutely mullered it, but, you know, it's death by pod and it's Harry Roll. Next month, next next month, I keep saying next month, next episode, we are discussing a film called Incident, Incident in a Ghostland. Now, Bloggy hasn't heard of this, and I only picked it because I saw it on the Sky Cinema and thought, that's got a fun title. Let's watch that. So, Incident <laughs> in the Ghostland is our next episode. And, uh, yeah, Bloggy, once more, as we always do, thanks for coming on and talk some horror, matey. That's all right. Thanks for... I'm not going to say thanks for having me. I'll just say thanks because we've just been talking about the entity. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's just rein it in a little bit. But that, that's mine. The pleasure is all mine, of course. So uh, if the world has just heard you uh, ripping into their favourite film and they think, you know what, I want to take it up with this person personally, or they want to buy the rights to your film about the possessed panties, where can I find you online? You can find me at Bloggy Balboa on Twitter and on WordPress. Great, go and check it out. And also, in amongst all the weird stuff, there are some wicked blogs on there, so check that out. Uh, you can find me at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk, uh, what I watch tonight across all social media. And if you want to follow the show, you can do it at Death by Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and that's where you'll find the polls uh, where you can leave your comments on the films we're going to be speaking about. Uh, and maybe we'll shout out your comment on the on the episode pertaining to that film. So, yeah, once more... Bloggy, thanks for coming on, as ever, and being the greatest co-host a person could ever ask for. Listeners, thanks for having those beautiful ears of yours. Uh, and until next time, from me, see ya. And from Bloggy. Dun, 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 dun. When I wake up, I don't know I'm going to be. I don't know the ghost that's raping you. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> 